Sunday, Sunday, looking forward to the show. I just came up with that. It's another month in comedy, and on this Devil's Night Roundup, we recap some of the strangest, wildest, and most bizarre happenings in news, pop culture, and punchlines all October long with a full panel of four of our favorite crowd killers from comics getting attacked on stage to celebs bombing big time. We're unpacking everything hack and hilarious that happened this month. I'm Dean Young and we're about to go inside the joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to an all new Inside Jokes, boys and girls, right here on 640 Toronto. And as always, streaming everywhere in the world where you have Tay Internets on Global News Online. And of course, brought to you as always by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Sure, the apocalypse might be on the way, but damn, do those frames look good. And I can't believe we're saying this, but it is actually the end of yet another month in comedy. And that, of course, means it is time for another roundup. And it's perfect timing because tonight's episode is, of course, Halloween Eve Eve, also known as Devil's Night. And it has been a very strange month on stage and off. There's a lot of weird happenings to cover from this past month in comedy, in showbiz, in news, in politics, which is awful and terrifying right now. The world is an absolute garbage fire. Uh, And just lots of weird things happening to stand-ups and celebrities. Uh, Lots of controversies, a lot of fun, wild stuff to get into. So we, of course, have our full roundup panel. We have four absolute crowd killers joining us on the show to pick apart all of this weird and wild Weird, wild stuff. There's a little Johnny Carson for you. Uh, we have our producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line. How you doing, buddy? How's it good? What was a nice little sneak in, eh? When right? Weird, weird, wild stuff. Weird, weird wild stuff. Happy I've Halloween. The last... Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. It's, uh, we got some fun Halloween music. We have, and yeah, Vince, it has been just in life in general, in politics, news, comedy, pop culture, just a very surreal and strange month. So who better... Yeah. Who better to talk about all of that than a panel full of comedians? By the way, I think the last time I ever did did a Johnny Carson voice was uh, probably on Sirius XM when Kim Kim Jong-un became the leader of North Korea. I went on there as Johnny Carson and I said, yeah, I went on there as Johnny Carson and I said, you know, what a a shame. I never even knew Kim Jong was ill. That was the last time I ever did. Johnny Carson. So that one's for all of our listeners over the age of 60, uh, which is probably most of you. You're a man of many talents. Probably most of you. We're on 640. Anyways, Vince, we're going to jump into it. It is the roundup. It is the night before Halloween, and it is an absolutely full panel. We're going to bring them in. Lots to talk about right here on Inside Jokes. Spooky, boys and girls. Spooky. Welcome back to an all-new Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And of course, as always, streaming coast-to-coast, Canada-wide on the Global News Radio Network. And of course, brought to you as always by Hakeem Optical, because the planet is getting hotter and so are your selfies. It is the end of another month in comedy, and that means (laughs) 
it is time again for the roundup. We have lots of weird stuff to unpack and sort of rehash from this past October. Strange things going on in the world. A lot of weird stuff and news, politics, pop culture, and of course, comedy. There's never any shortage of controversy in the land of comedy. We have an absolutely stacked panel on the roundup tonight to recap the whole month. Some returning friends of the show and some new faces will go around the panel. Mo Ismail is on the air with us. How you doing, buddy? Good, buddy. How you doing? Good, man. It's good to see. We haven't seen you in a minute, as the kids say. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like last time I saw it was what, like at least like seven years ago. Yes, and we uh, and and as we were talking before the show, when we had an actual radio studio where you would go and say things into microphones, surrounded yeah. by other human beings. But those, that's that's many seasons ago on this show. At this point, we have another returning friend of the show, Sandra Badalini. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. How are you? We are fantastic. It is good to see you again. You of course, I mean, we've had you on. You're one of our regulars. We had you on quite a few times, even these past couple of seasons, uh, during what I'm now playfully referring to as the pandy. Because let's make it fun. Let's <laughs> let's put a little. I just refer to it as the that. lockdowns. I just refer to it as the lockdowns. The lockdowns. I'm burning Palo Santo. Oh, well, there we go. Bringing a little good juju into the show. That's what's Ooh, happening. Lots of negativity. What's happening? Lots of negativity. Until <laughs> <laughs> we get into it. Wait till we talk about what happened this month. It is a strange time to be alive. Black Zeus is with us. How are you doing, man? Hey, hey, hey. How are you living? I, uh, excellent. Question back on you. I am on a, a Canadian radio show in pajama pants right now. It's Life is good. Uh, but of course, we checked in with you not too long ago. What I love about this panel, too, because, yes, there's a lot to get into. There's a lot of strange stuff that happened this past month. Uh, but another great thing about this Roundup panel is everybody has some new stuff to promote. Uh, we got new albums dropping. We got new specials being recorded and dropping. So there's lots to get into there and lots to pick your brains on. And last but certainly not least, a friend of the show who has yet to join us, finally on with us in season seven of Inside Jokes. I haven't seen him in a while. Craig Fay, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. This is, I can't believe it's taken us this long, quite frankly, seven seasons of radio. Shame yeah. for shame. <laughs> well, no, better late than never, you know? You know, and then you're on your second album now. So we're going to get into that later too. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it honestly, it's been a very strange month, both on stage and off, just all over the world. That's, I think that's why Sandra Badalini is burning incense right now. It's I do it all the time. <laughs> oh my God. We need so much of that, Sandra. We need so yeah. much of that. Yeah, it's but first we'll get into something that happened in comedy, because I mean, you know, this isn't this isn't unheard of, unfortunately, but it did go viral. I'm just calling it Beergate. So there's a U.S. comic Ariel Ellis who, you know, this went viral all over the place uh, this past week where uh, she was performing on stage and it turned into a Trump supporter thing. But somebody whipped a pint glass at her. So that was like all over the news. I mean, We've seen that happen. Darren Frost here in Canada very notoriously had that happen at the old London Yuck Yucks years ago. So, I mean, and it's, you know, it's in the U.S. It's a very divided time and place right now, of course, politically. She wasn't even talking politics on stage either. That's the funny thing. It is true. Like, it does happen. I've seen it. I mean, I've seen, I remember years and years ago at some open mic up Young and Egg, Jarrett Campbell getting, like, charged on stage. I remember at Starving Artists, people ripping mics out of people's hands. Like, it doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen. I mean, I'll throw this to anybody on the panel, really, but because that conversation's already been happening this year, especially after the whole Will Smith thing. And then, of course, Chappelle with the knife attack on stage and all that stuff, which was very American, by the way, because the guy used a fake gun to conceal a knife, which is perfect. That's like, right? Like, well, 
guns are fine, but here's a, you sneak a knife in yeah, yeah, yeah. gun. But I mean, I feel like, like, yeah, it like it does happen in comedy. I don't think it's more of like a trend that's going on right now. It's just a conversation we're having right now. But um, it's also, again, this was a this was a very U.S. thing where it was all it all turned into politics because it's such a divided line in that country right now, and that's just what this whole thing came from. Like Mo, do you think? I mean, I'm sure you've seen your share of incidents and wacky things happen at mics over the years do you think it's like a thing now where it's like no it is acceptable to go and slap a comic if you don't like what they're saying um i don't think obviously it's not acceptable because at the end of the day it is art right like you're just expressing yourself expressing ideas or putting on an act whatever it may be you're still a person on stage with a mic you know what i mean so uh i think people have different limits for what they can tolerate and what they can't tolerate so, you know, starting out, I remember hearing people say all sorts of things about Arabs or Muslims or whatever. And sometimes I get really upset. And I used to think that maybe I could just pull them aside and be like, hey, man, that's not right. But like, also, who am I to govern what people say? It's not my responsibility. So my idea is you're going to you're going to do your thing. And I mean, if you're crossing the line, then you're eventually going to find out. But then I also the idea of crossing the line is like that's subjective. Right. So. Um, like, I remember uh, years ago, uh, uh, what's his name? Barry Taylor used to run a show at the Bovine mm -hmm. and on the rooftop. And there was an incident that happened with uh, Patrick Hakeem where he was on stage and he was going in on these guys that kept talking and talking. And then uh, this guy tried to throw a shot glass or tried to, I think he threw, he threw a pint glass first and Patrick caught it. And the crowd just erupted. It was just the most yeah. thing that's ever happened. And then this guy picked up pint or a little shot glass and whipped it at him. And then that nailed Patrick right in the face. And then, you know, all hell broke loose. Comics dove into the crowd. And then it was just a big brawl. But again, I don't think it's acceptable to attack any sort of performer. They're performing and nothing justifies it, regardless of whether you can handle it or not. If it's something you don't like hearing, just step out of the room until they're done. You know, exactly. I mean? That's the thing. And I mean, most audiences are savvy enough, but it's that whole, you know, not everything is made to be for everyone. And we kind of do live in this culture right now where it's like, no, 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 everything should please me at all times. And that's like, not everything's tailor made for everyone. I mean, in radio, we used to get people phoning the radio station going, I don't like that song. Never play that song again. Like, absolutely. <laughs> One, well, one lady that phoned. <laughs> I think it's getting harder to tune that stuff out, to be honest, because now you just like you don't even really have control over your feed. They just send you whatever they send you. And whereas before, let's say you're going to your favorite station or you're tuning into your favorite show, like you're going to that thing. But when you just open up Instagram, TikTok, whatever, you're at the mercy of the algorithm who's showing you everything. You know what I mean? So it's kind of harder exactly. to, to actually separate yourself. You, you, it, it, it's a real problem. Like, it's a real problem. But, you know, social media is also a great tool. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's like a dual edged sword, you know? It, it really is. Cause I mean, and we'll go back for break. Cause I, actually, it's funny, Black Zeus, because in Hamilton, and this is some years back now, there was an in, infamous thing that happened there with somebody getting punched in the head at a comedy show. But it does oh, tie into that whole thing with, you know, social media is great because it's a platform that gives everyone a voice. And it's also terrible because it's a platform that gives everyone a voice. <laughs> so it's, you know, everyone should have a voice, but now there's also this sort of entitlement that comes with it. Like, yes, I have a voice and everybody has to listen to my voice and follow my lead. So it ties into all of that. I don't think it's isolated to comedy. I think it's just the culture that we're living in. I'm gonna come back with more of our panel, wrap this topic up and lots more to get into. We'll be back with more of the roundup 
right here on Inside Jokes. Yo, 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 it's Mo Ismail, a.k.a. your homeroom Habibi, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto, and of course, brought to you as always by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, because who wants to slap a comedian with such a sexy pair of glasses? And of course, it is the end of another month in comedy. That means it is time again for the roundup. We have a full panel of comics weighing in and all the weird, wacky stuff that has happened on stage and off this past month. Uh, Our good friend Sandra Badalini, before the break, we were talking about what I'm just calling Beergate, but this comic, just to recap, this comic in the States, Ariel Ellis, who had a... uh, who had a pint thrown at her on stage in LA and she ended up, she ended up picking it up and drinking the rest of it. So good on her. But anyways, it opened up this whole conversation about some people think it's a trend right now where it's okay to physically attack a comic for saying something you disagree with. Again, it's kind of always been a thing that's there. I mean, one thing that I've always found great about your comedy, Sandra, is depending on what room you're in and depending on sort of the mood of the crowd that night, we could see you do 20 minutes and we're not necessarily seeing, you know, like a home 20 minutes from your album. Well, I've seen you on stage tons of times where you just sort of feel out the room and you just end up, you're a great crowd riffer. You just bounce ideas off the crowd the entire time. And we're kind of sometimes even watching you almost like write material in real time and just playing with the crowd, which that's sort of, that's a huge part of what comedy is about. It's every show should feel like this raw organic in the moment thing where anything can happen. But I mean, for you, when you're when you're sort of, you have to kind of take audiences out of their comfort zone sometimes. I think that's part of it too. And when you're involving the crowd that much, that can be polarizing too. I mean, have you ever seen any incidents like that over the years where the crowd really didn't act in, react well? I know you've never had a point thrown at you. That's for sure. Oh, I, I've had this reminded me of I had something thrown at me. I one of my solo shows, uh, I think it was a small battalion of soldiers at the Tim Sims Playhouse, if anybody remembers. Yeah. It's my final night and ev- all my family's there and everybody's there. And there's a guy in the crowd who is uh, kind of stopping the show. And then he's like, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, go, you know, we still have another half an hour. When he comes back, he throws a bottle, which looked like, which it looked like urine. I think it was urine. He threw it at me. Oh my and God. It, yeah. And it deflected off of my off of my uh, forearm and then landed on this in front of the stage. And uh, Mark Andrado was my tech guy and my director. And the spotlight goes right on there. And I look at it. I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do? I didn't know what to do. I wasn't experienced enough. And it was like that was like a clown moment. You know, I'm you know, I'd study clown. The whole thing about clown is like you could prepare whatever you prepare, but you got to deal with what's going on in the crowd. And, yo, I couldn't sleep for a week. I went to Cuba. I had to go to Cuba. I had to go to Cuba. And then <laughs> they didn't even charge my visa. It was amazing. They didn't even charge my visa, free trip to Cuba. What are you going to do? Um, so that was a big, that really terrorized me. That was f-ed up. Yeah. I think, I think after this lockdown, whatever was going on, people, I think a little bit more on edge in a sense and might feel more uh, entitled to uh, speak up or, or to maybe attack people on stage. And I don't, well, I don't- I- and I, and I really don't think it is, it is sort of a new thing, but I think, and yeah, as you said, like it's, that's also a very American thing right now is just having that amount of division, you know, where you can't even, even as a comic, you can't even mention anything, even on the cusp of being political because it's, a, everything is all about it's us versus them. Whereas I don't think we really run into that nearly as much here because that's just not really the culture we're living in right now. That's not really how, 
how our society works in Canadian culture right now. Not that we don't have that. There's also, in a weird way, it feels like there's sort of less at stake. I don't really know what that means, but you know, it's kind of, <laughs> but it just doesn't feel like we have that tension in the air here. But kudos well, to the comic as well. I mean, the comic, I mean, she, it, there is the age old of heckler versus performer. And yeah. they've always been hecklers. So whatever she said, because it was politically driven or you're, I know you voted for Biden, uh, that's why you're saying the stuff you did. The comic came right back and responded with, well, the reason why you're talking when you're not supposed to be talking makes me aware that you voted for Trump and yeah. put her in her yeah. place. Which is hilarious. So kudos to her for having the comedic wherewithal to think on her feet and doing her job. Plus, you ain't beating a comic on stage. They got a microphone. You can't yeah. win against electricity. I'm sorry. My favorite was yeah. the, the comedy club owner, Abeli. He's like, when she took that my, beer beer and just chugged it back, comedy gold. Comedy yeah. gold. Uh, I, I love, I love his reaction. <laughs> Well, and now she went, now she's, now her name's all over the place. So yeah, she's going to exactly. be like getting booked all over town, you know? It's kind of funny too, because you know, when you start doing stand up and your friends or family or whoever will ask you like, oh, do you run into hecklers all the time? They just oh. think of that as part of it. And it's not really, nine, nine times out of 10, it's like people who've had too much to drink and they think they're being part of the show. You know, that's mostly what it is. Although once in a while, there are some, it's almost like a skill set unto itself here in Toronto, Craig Fay, I'm sure you remember this, but we had a man named Rudiger who was like the MVP, mm. the all-time MVP of hecklers. He was at the Village Vapor and he was like this folkloric figure in Toronto comedy. Like comics would actually go do sets there just to see if they could go up against and defeat Rudiger. He wouldn't even, right? And he wouldn't even look at the comics half the time on stage. He would look at them from the mirror at the bar and like comics would just go there and try to dismantle them. I remember Dom Prey like waging war against Rudiker and there was like articles about it in Now Magazine and all this. It was just such a part of like the Toronto comedy scene at the time. But usually it's just drunk people being drunk and rowdy. And it depends how much control the the club has over the audience. Like I was at Joker's in, in the new club in Richmond Hill and I was hosting this one night and honest to God, it was so unruly. And yeah. they then trained the staff to tell, to be able to go up to people and be like, Shh, you know, the show is starting. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of like all of those things. I'm sorry, Craig. I, I know maybe Craig, you were supposed to say something. You were directing a question at him. Oh no. I just, uh, I know like it, it, it's like, of course, heckling is something that you have to deal with as a comedian. Right. But it's like, it's the same way that learning how to change a tire is part of driving a car. Like you don't want to have to do it, but it's a good skill to have. But any night where that's the main focus of your night, it's, it's not a good night, you know? Y yeah. You have to deal with it and move on, but who wants to get a flat on the highway? Nobody. Right. Yeah. One thing I one thing I want to pick all your brains on switching gears here is you know because I know Craig you have your second album coming out uh, everybody on this panel like Sandra you have a new uh, special Take It Ease which I love I love that title of course <laughs> Mo and Black Zeus both have, uh, have albums and specials coming out and you know these are my brothers there was always that adage there was always there was a lot of comics sort of of a previous generations in Canadian comedy that used to always say you can't. You can't do an album until it's been, you know, 15, 20 years on the road and you're playing the clubs and all this. It's a much different landscape now because it is so much easier to put out content. You can like if you look at 90 percent of the Junos when they brought back the comedy category the last few years has all been all these ind independent labels that have sprung up across Canada. It's all been, you know, comedy records, 
604 comedy here often howl and roar so it's a much different environment now where comics can much more easily you put out albums you create digital content you sort of find your own audience it's sort of a double-edged sword because comics it's it's sort of tough to know okay when am i album ready or special ready because a comic could do six months of open mics now and go here's my album because you can do that and i mean whatever if you put it on spotify and somebody downloads it and gives you your 80 cents or whatever then i guess go for it but it's such a different landscape like how do you know when you are at that point in your career where that material is like okay i want to put this out there because now once something's out there it's out there forever that's that's permanent and that's a snapshot of you as a comic and when it points you, to something sound, right what's that no, i was gonna say when your sound exchange starts to go down you're like oh, i gotta do an album and as we all know comics pretty much live or die off that stuff i mean how many canadian comics you know move to new york or la and they pay their rent off of those airplays right that was a, obviously yeah. sandra you were at the forefront of that conversation a couple just a couple years ago just yeah pre-pandy no. as we'll call it uh but there is something i want to get into we got to go to break but after the break because it, it billy eichner is kind of an example of that right now he has this movie this romantic comedy bros that came out and sort of ate it at the box office and a lot of people now are going well he's not a big enough name to carry a film like that but it's like who decides that because he has his own fans he has his own built-in audience it's like don't you have to sort of take those risks and float that project out there and just see if it lands uh but i want to come back and pick the panel's brains on that and just sort of how do you know when something is just sort of seaworthy as a comedian we're gonna go back with more of our roundup panel right here on inside jokes seicento quaranta bravo This is Sandra Badalini. You're listening to Inside Jokes. Mama, we all go to hell. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And of course, everywhere all over planet Earth, if you happen to have the internet on Global News Online and brought to you by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical. It's not just your hindsight that's 2020. How about that? It is, of course, the end of a month in comedy, and that means it is the roundup. We got a full panel of comics picking everything apart. News, pop culture, life on stage and off. Uh, we were talking before the break about, uh, again, a lot of people are kind of crapping on Billy Eichner right now. I'm, I feel like, why? Because he made this movie Bros, and people are like, well, it tanked. He's not ready to carry a movie. But again, who, who cares? Who decides that? He's a comic who's been in other projects, and he has his own built-in fan base. Like, who gives a shit? Make a movie. People go see it, great. If they don't, then cut your losses and make another one. We're comics. We got a bomb once in a while. It does, you know, not me because I retired four years ago. That was my gift to Canadian comedy. <laughs> but in general, comics in general, once in a, you know, not everything wins. Once in a while, you got to eat it. But a lot of people are going, well, he wasn't ready. It's like those comics that we've seen it over the years, those SNL cast members that always go, all right. <laughs> It's time. I'm leaving the cast after a season and a half. Let's just wait for those movie projects to come. And then they work at an IHOP now or something, whatever they're doing. But it kind of ties into this larger conversation. Uh, Craig, we'll throw that one to you, actually, because you got your second album coming out. And again, that was always a, lot, a thing that sort of like older generations of comics would say, you aren't album ready yet. You got to be on the road for 15 years. Da -da 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 -da. For you, obviously, I mean, yeah, you've been at this a long time now at this point. This is your second album. This is all honed stuff. 
for you, like, do you just kind of go with your instinct as a comic and know this is when this stuff is sort of ready to put out there? Yeah, like, I don't know. This is one thing that really bothers me about the comedy industry is we're obsessed with trying to define what a comedian is or when you're ready for things. And it's absolutely insane. Like, nobody would even blink if you're some, like, garage punk band and you decide to, like, record... Um, your shitty songs onto like a cassette tape and like try and sell that to your neighbors like no one would even like be like good for you good effort is it gonna be good no absolutely not but you learned how to make a to record your right you learned how to do that um and and that's what i think of you know these comics you mentioned who are doing it for six months and decide to record great good for you you're learning early on how to organize a show to to record it how to hire the person to do it, how to put it out there. And if it flops, it flops, who cares? And I will disagree with you on uh, it's out there forever. Nobody cares. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. (laughs) You know, you decide what gets out there and um, it's hard enough to get attention for stuff that you, that is really good in this industry. So no one's going to be going through your back catalog and being like, yeah, but they made that one mistake five years ago. Well, isn't that the funny thing too, right? It's like, how do you think this stuff happens? You don't start out headlining festivals. You start out at open mics. You start out being the kid at the kitchen table with a pack of Crayolas. That's what, you know, you work your way up. So it's like, yeah, why? It is so funny because especially in Canadian comedy, because we've spent so many years talking about the gatekeepers. We got to go around the gatekeepers and tear down the gatekeepers, which if you look at the last few years, in a way, especially during the pandemic, we kind of have because the clubs weren't open, the festivals weren't happening. So comics just started monetizing their own stuff online, starting their own record labels. Now, when you see stuff like this happen, now it's like, we're now we're gatekeeping each other. Basically you're shitting on people trying to do things. Like, it's like, yeah, that's how you get better. You got to hone it. You got to work it. You got to fall on your face once in a while. That's where it comes down to honing your community also. And, and like how you approach it. If you're in competition with other people, then you're going to be looking at stuff like that and being like, oh, well, they're doing this and I got to be doing this. Or this person's on this platform and they're doing X and Y. So yeah. I guess I got to be doing X and Y to get to that. Pl-. Like it, you just got to be in competition with yourself realistically. And when you surround yourself with people that are also like that, it, I love the Toronto scene. I love any scene that is like super supportive. And you see outside of every club is like all, all the people are intermingling. And I think more so since COVID, there's a lot more of just like intermingling between people, between clubs and all that stuff. There's a lot more sharing of information. I'm sure it's not entirely widespread, but I'm seeing a lot more of it. So like there is more of this healthy mindset with everyone taking more of a, an approach to, you know, taking care of their own mental health and all this stuff. I think it's starting to spread within not, I'm sure not just in the comedy community, but any artistic community I would hope is starting to see this. I've, I've been noticing it. I don't know, maybe Mo and uh, Sandra and Craig, like you would love to, I'd love to hear what you think about this. Cause I have been noticing a lot more like communal efforts and people just like being more willing to share each other's posts and, and bigging up other comics, whereas when I first started, it's like bigging up another comic was like I didn't see it. Sharing information on how to make money in this industry. Yeah. Very few people would would give up these bits of information. And now it's like I really feel like I'm starting to see. Look at Mo. This guy's flourishing like he did JFL. Much congrats to you, bro. I haven't seen him. So I'm going to take this second to congrat my guy. Like all the all the all the people that I've been coming up with, man. And the new breed of comics that have come up that I've met since COVID is like a much healthier 
mindset towards taking care of your own mental. Yeah. Which is, I think spreading and, and having a, a, a better impact. Obviously, there's still a lot of the old stuff, but you were talking about the gatekeeping stuff. That stuff is still kind of there, man. Oh, it is. Not, it's not going anywhere, but it's not the only channel anymore. Exactly. It's not the do exactly. or die. You don't have to get signed by, you know, the two clubs and go and that's it for the rest of your life, you know. Uh, there is something I want to get to after the break. Um because we could talk about this topic all day. But yeah, again, I mean, it's why wouldn't we prop each other up and support each other? Because again, Canadian comedy is very much, especially now, it's more artist driven. It's like the more we do support each other and the more we do build each other's names and audiences, it's like that is more infrastructure for us because that's more of an industry for us that we built and not the old quote unquote gatekeepers. Uh, real quick before the break, one topic that we just didn't really have time to touch on but we'll keep an eye on it maybe for the next roundup <laughs> james james corden i don't know is he the new ellen because he was rude at a restaurant and got banned who gives a <laughs> shit i think i mean i work in a restaurant i'm a chef guess what there's a lot of twats that go to restaurants there's a lot of bell ends and james i just like using the phrase bell end james corden isn't the only one but apparently he also is kind of an ass to his staff on his show now people are saying so i don't know maybe he's another he ellen. chef he's was no he he's chef at the restaurant no, he just was like got banned from a restaurant for being a customer, like a mean customer. Are we gonna, are we still surprised by any of this? Like, no, yeah, exactly. famous, but like, who cares? They're probably all ass, you know. Like, aren't the aren't all these people apparently they're either asses or they're just stiffs in the in behind the scenes? Because we heard the same thing about Ellen. No, she was treating yeah. staff like garbage. And all you have to do is go on your show and do like a fake tears apology, and then that's we know the routine. That's all you gotta do. Uh, but. We're going to come back with more of the Roundup panel after the break. I want, really want to get into this because it's quite a polarizing person and polarizing topic. I'm just going to go ahead and call that segment Oi Yay because we are going to talk Kanye West. He's, oh my God, is he really good at making the news for awful reasons lately. <laughs> but anyways, we're going to come back. We're going to wrap it up with our Roundup panel. We're going to get into Kanye West. I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of his music. I think he's an absolute savant. I think he's like, going to go down as one of the generation's greatest but also kind of a, a train wreck right now of a person i don't know but i feel bad but anyways we're gonna come back wrap it up with the roundup panel we're gonna get into kanye and we'll be right back with more inside jokes right after the break yo what up this is comedian black zeus and you're listening to inside jokes werewolf for mitzvah spooky scary boys becoming men men becoming wolves you are listening to inside jokes baby and it is of course the roundup panel it is the end of another month of comedy right here on 640 toronto and brought to you as ever by hakeem optical because you can't get outraged by subreddits that you can't see we've got a full panel of comics We've covered a lot of ground already tonight on the show. We've talked about comics getting punched and beers and urine thrown at them. It's just an everyday thing in comedy life. We talked about James Corden maybe being a bit of an asshat, maybe not, slash who gives a shit? I don't know. Uh, and of course, one topic that is, I mean, this guy's always controversial, especially it seems like it's dialed up lately. Kanye West, I'm calling it oi yay, because this week he was all over the news uh, for going on social media and spouting some very, yes, some very anti-Semitic things. Now people are saying, is he actually anti-Semitic? I don't, I don't know. I think today he'll be anti-Semitic, tomorrow it'll be something else. I mean, Kanye has always been an extremely polarizing person and a controversial person. Um, 
it has been ratcheted up significantly in the last couple of years. And again, this is, I'm a massive fan of his music. He's one of my all-time favorite artists. I happen to think personally that we're actually just watching someone with mental health issues sort of collapse and unfold in real time. And we're all just sort of fanning the fire. We're sort of, you know, I, I really think this is a person who has some serious things going on and needs help and is just a human being that needs help. And we're all just, Instead, we're just putting him in gossip columns and just sort of watching him have meltdowns on Twitter and just sort of, in a weird way, sort of promoting and encouraging this. I'll throw, <clears throat> I'll throw that to anybody on the panel. I mean, Mo, I'll throw that to you first, I guess. Like, whether you're a fan of Kanye's music or art or him as a person or not, I don't know. Do you think he's a bad guy? Do you think he really hates the Jewish people? I think he's just spouting off and making the news, and I think we're just watching him sort of have a meltdown in real time. I mean, I look, I Kanye West is a producer, he's a rapper. I don't necessarily care much for his political views or anything else. Like as long as this guy can make college dropout and and late <laughs> registration and keep pumping jams like, you know what I mean? I don't I'm like this guy's not like who why does his opinion matter outside of music? You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, he's a big figure. He's got a lot of pull. He's got a lot of fans. So there is influence and I totally get it. But at the same time, it's like, you have to understand this guy's a musical genius, but he's also a psycho. So it's like, there, there is kind yeah, yeah. of something to be said in that. You know what I mean? Like, what was his name? The, the, was it Picasso that or Van Gogh chopped off his ear? You know and mailed I mean? it to someone, yeah. And mailed it to someone like, you know what I mean? Usually the best artists are the biggest lunatics. So I don't necessarily care about what this guy is saying outside. I mean, obviously it's offensive. Obviously some people are upset by it, whatever. It is what it is. But like, hey man, just make music. Like I go to a restaurant, this guy makes amazing food. I don't care what your views are on, on, on you know, uh, pollution and like uh, yeah. global warming. I'm like, just, you could be a flat earther. I don't care, buddy. Just keep making these amazing meals and uh, everything else is secondary. I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I'm able to kind of separate the two, you know? So I don't know, not everyone can do that. Some people can, but separate yeah separating the art from the artist and also i mean it's again it's one of those things where like i personally don't i don't know i would like to think he doesn't actually believe that stuff doesn't mean it's it still has to be kiboshed immediately i mean you know but two weeks ago it was him going on twitter and making death threats against pete davidson then the week after that it was him fighting with adidas for whatever reason i didn't fully pay attention but then to. With, that, with that with that being said Watch, when Kanye is in the news, usually an album is on the horizon, right? So yeah. he's rattling the cage, but I bet you yeah. in a month, two months, an album's going to drop and it's going to take over. Everyone's going to be talking about it and it's going to be amazing. So maybe it's part of a, a bigger picture. <laughs> well, know? and it's, it's sad. It's, it is sad when you see a mentally unwell person going on social media and putting that stuff out in the open, kind of, you know, like when, when we had a president that did that for four years. <laughs> At like three in the morning. What's sadder <laughs> you know? is the person doing that, or like the actual, like society that feeds off that. We feed you know? that. Yeah. We totally do. Like a snake eating its own tail. And I don't know what caused it. Maybe it's this twenty-four hour news cycle. Maybe it's social media. The internet. It's like a combination of all the things that we're not smart enough to actually s sit down right now, or without we don't have enough time. 
I think it's a poisonous culture. Like we love, we love driving slow past a car accident. We can't yeah. get enough of that, and that's what this plays into. You know, this is like people irony. Up, but then people are also telling him to speak up, and it's like everybody has a platform, like we were talking about earlier. So at some point, it's like you got to figure out how to either tune it out, like Mo was speaking about, like just separate what you actually like about the person from the art of it. Or if you can't do that, then just stop. Like. But that takes a certain amount of willpower, you know what I mean? And that's like a personal thing. <laughs> it's true. We don't, we, don't, we don't have willpower or attention spans in society right now. All that is gone. Oh, my God. I love these roundups so much because I love comics just being able to vent on what's going on as it happens in real time because there's nobody better at that than comedians. Uh, I, I want to do this all day, but we'll have to have you all back on. But before we do wrap it up, because I know everybody has new albums and specials and projects coming out, and of course, live shows as always, we'll go around the panel. Uh, Craig Fail, kick it off with you. Uh, I know you have this your second album coming out. Where can we find that? Find you online, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So my second album, uh, Performance Review, is out now. Uh, you can listen to it on pretty much any streaming service, uh, where you, wherever you get your music. Um, or you can also check out craigfay.com uh, and all the links and stuff will be there as well. It's all about me kind of quitting my day job to go pursue comedy and all the anger and frustrations and everything <laughs> weird that I was feeling at the time. Uh, so you can check it out uh, on iTunes, Spotify, wherever. Um, and as well, uh, you can check my uh, website for show dates. Uh, November 15th to 20th, I'll be emceeing at Absolute Comedy in Toronto. And uh, December 16th, 17th, I'll be headlining at uh, Levity Comedy in Hamilton. There we go. Love it. Craig Fay comedy and, you know, all of the abject terror that comes with a career in Canadian comedy. Sandra Badalini, you got the new special Take It Ease. Where can we see you live on stage coming up? Find you online. All of that great stuff. On Instagram at Sandra Badalini. Uh, I will be... Um, I'll be having my album release uh, party show at The Corner on November 5th, 8 and 10 p.m. So you can go to thecornercomedyclub.com. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I think that's it. There we go. I love it. Can we hear Sandra? I love that title. Everyone who knows you and your comedy, that's a perfect title. Uh, Black <laughs> Suit. Get one take it ease from, from Sandra. What's that? Yeah, can we get one from you? you take it oh. <laughs> okay, take it ease. There we go. It is a perfect title. Uh, Black Zeus, where can we find you live? And of course, you have you have a special coming out as well. Where can we find you online? Uh, I am AKA Black Zeus on all social media, AKA BlackZeus.com. My first comedy special in 11 years of comedy called Black Zeus Self-Portrait. Friday, November 18th, Backroom Comedy Club in Toronto. Saturday, November 19th, Zoetic Theater in Hamilton. 300-seat theater, so if... You know, I'm doing a little uh, small club show and then a big theater show, trying to trying to do a little uh, extra production stuff. You know what I mean? Nice. But, uh, hey, BlackZeus.com. That's it. BlackZeus.com. I love it, by the way. You got to do the big theater show in your hometown, man. You got to do it. Yeah. Mo Ismail, where can we find you online? I know you've been a busy guy lately. Where can we find, listen to all your stuff, see you live, all of that? Uh, I just released an album on September 28th. It's called Homeroom Habibi. Uh, you, you could find me on Instagram at Momo Ismail, M-O-E-M-O-E Ismail, I-S-M-A-I-L. Uh, I'm also uh, going to be heading on a, a, a national tour with uh, my homies, Jesse Singh and Abbas Wahab. So we're starting in Newfoundland on November the 4th. And then throughout all November, we're going to be going across Canada. So we're going to be hitting Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, Alberta, BC, Toronto, and everything in between. So 
uh, follow me and uh, check me out and just keep supporting live comedy, man. There we go. I guess it really is going to be Movember, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, man, all year round, baby. <laughs> I'm just, I'm full of them today. This is a, you know, after seven and a half years, this is a quality radio show. We don't have dozens of listeners by accident, my friends. That is our panel. That is our roundup. Thank you to all of our comics. Check out their specials. Check out their albums. Go see them live. Absolute crowd killers. And don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the dawn of time on Global News Online. That's our show. We'll be back next week. This week's Comedy Rx is Craig Fay. It's funny how people react to things. I was uh, a friend of mine, a couple years ago, a friend of mine invited me up to his cottage uh, for the weekend, which is very nice. Ended up uh, talking to his parents while I was there. Uh, and we were talking about traffic on the drive up because I didn't really know them and we'd already talked about the weather. <laughs> and while we were talking about the traffic, they happened to mention that their friend across the lake got to his cottage by flying there in his helicopter. To which I responded, wow, that guy must be pretty rich. And they got defensive. They're like, no, no. We're not saying he's rich. All we're saying is he owns a helicopter. And I'm like, yeah. And all I'm saying is he owns a helicopter. They're like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's not like he could afford to buy another helicopter. Like, he'd have to sell the helicopter he has before he could get a new one. And that was the first time in my life I realized there are people out there who make the distinction between helicopter rich and helicopters rich. Which I totally understand. I do understand what they were saying, though. They were saying all his assets are currently tied up in the helicopter. He's helicopter poor, is what they're saying. (laughs) 